Welcome to New Jump City, everybody, where we recap the week in American and Japanese sequential art. I am your host, Christian, the unbiased king, Espinal, and joining me through Discord, it is the man, the myth, the legend, it is Joshua, Gangsta Time Cool. It's called Partner, but it should be called Gangsta Time. What's good, Chris? What up, everybody listening? Oh, yeah. Also joining us is the triumphant return of the Edgelord himself. It is Edgelord Big News Brian. What's up, nerds? Hey, hey, he's back, baby. Very excited. Very excited. We have uh, a ton of great manga to talk about. Very excited to get into it this week. But before we do, let's get into plugs real fast. You could find me at the Chris Espinal on Twitter and Instagram. Joshua Cole, where can they find you? At JD Cole underscore 37. That's on Instagram and at, and at New Jump City Josh. That's on X. Ooh, ooh. Brian? find me at b.esp on both instagram and twitter and if you ever want to catch me when i'm streaming you can find me at twitch.tv slash it's punchline hell yeah you can follow the show itself at new jump city on twitter and instagram email us at new jump city pod at gmail.com with any questions suggestions anything you guys wanted to talk about hit us up on that uh we answer all questions and address all comments on our uh pre-show chat show that we do every week uh we are where we generally just kind of shoot the shit about stuff whether it's manga or you know sports or movies or whatever we're currently watching so hit us up on that check out the show we uh we have a good time doing it and uh yeah do that subscribe to us on youtube uh and on spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts it, uh, it helps a lot uh to keep listening in these various platforms you can give us a like a share um all that stuff leave us a five-star review if you're nasty and uh yeah that's it that's it for plugs it's time to get into the show proper one piece this is one piece chapter 1106 on your side um last we left off a lot of shit is going down and it's not looking good for everybody um kizaru and jay garcia are not making it easy on the straw hats attempts to escape uh where as we see that kuma bonnie um uh damn what's her face the uh one of the one of the uh satellites i want to say astra but i feel like that's wrong atlas atlas thank you brian uh atlas and bonnie and frankie of course are now flying through the air about to get shot up by a bunch of uh pacifistas on the ground and we saw that the ship that Jay Garcia had once thought was going to what was that was like carrying escapees from Egghead had been that had been destroyed actually survived. And it was the Navy people that went after them that were destroyed. And uh, we did we didn't know by who, but they know we know that they're heading to the island. So that's where we were left. And this chapter starts off with. Assuming the people who uh, attacked that Navy ship 
saying that, look at him, look at him, go at it. <laughs> like, just like the paper said. And now uh, we cut over to Luffy, who has just digested all the food he just ate. Um, and he immediately assumes Gear 5 form, which is pretty sick. Um, and the Buster call is continuing. Uh, Kuma and Bonnie are about to get shot up. Uh, but then uh, Bonnie sh uh, s screams out. After Atlas seems to tell her something, Bonnie screams out that uh, to the pacifistas to not shoot them and to help them escape the island. And after that, they turn around and immediately shoot at the Navy. Uh, it's uh, pretty fucking cool. I was like, oh, my God, in my own mind when I was reading this. Uh, Jay Garcia is tight. He's like, hmm, what? What the hell? And um, we he get a little monologue from Vegapunk saying that um, the one worry he had in the back of his mind was seeing Bonnie killed by the father she loved. So he inserted a directive into each unit made to look like Kuma that even if the highest authority in the world should command it, even if the whole world should be her enemy, that the Kumas will actually always be on her side. Bonnie is technically the highest authority on the food chain when it comes to the pacifistas. Um, and he, Vegapunk ends this by saying like, this is just a selfish wish of mine. And it means I know what comes next. And Jay Garcia uh, stabs his spider leg into uh, Vegapunk's chest. Uh, pretty fucking crazy. Um, and you know, it's not looking good. Uh, Bonnie screams out Vegapunk so does Frankie uh, Jay Garcia is super upset <laughs> not looking good he immediately just turns to Kizaru and commands them to eliminate them uh, he shoots up Kuma and uh, Atlas full of holes I think Frankie got tagged too I can't really tell but um, yeah Frankie got hit pretty bad so did Sanji it seems yeah um, yeah and no, Sanji kicked it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he got hit. Yeah, he no, got he hit. got hit too. Uh, fucking Kizaru pulls up with his lightsaber, and he's like, "I'll cut you both in two, Bonnie. Don't worry, it won't hurt." But that's when Luffy comes in and rocks the shit out of Kizaru, sending him right back. Um. And uh, Kuma and Bonnie are able to land safely. Um, Bonnie runs up to Vegapunk and. Uh, Vegapunk explains that um, the very same straw hat Luffy that Kuma had his eyes on was Nika the Sun God, and you know, she said he says Kuma was Kuma was right. This Buster call is futile. For centuries, people all over the world have been waiting for him. And uh, at the northeast coast, the chapter ends in a big two-page spread showing that the people who are heading towards the island are actually Dory and Bragi, uh, the captains of the giant pirates, and they start attacking the Buster Call, and uh, super hype times ensue. That's the end of the chapter. Uh, Josh, what did you think about One Piece chapter 1106? Uh, I really like the way this chapter was uh, set up because the backstory we got with... Um, Okuma and uh, and Bonnie, they like Nika was kind of like more of a background note, I guess. Like in 
in the grand scheme of everything they wanted to like you know show us and talk about but you know we already had a conversation about like how important like luffy should be to her knowing that you know how much her father revered him etc etc and you know now that she sees him in this form i think um there is a 110 percent chance that she joins the straw hats after this arc um and if you take note, uh, that's 10% more than 100. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so uh, for sure, for sure. I did want to mm-hmm. add one thing I forgot yeah. to mention. Um, the giant robot from like the way before times actually activates as well when Luffy reachieves Gear 5. Just wanted to point that out because I forgot. Or, or, or when uh, Vegapunk dies. Also that. That's also possible. Or it could be activating because the other giants. I mean, Vegapunk up. didn't die though. Yeah, Vegapunk's still alive technically. It could also be because of the giants. A lot of things could activate this thing. Probably. We don't know. I looked up some, um, some like you know quick facts about the One Piece series. Did you know that every time they show giants in a One Piece chapter, an angel gets its wings? <laughs> A lot of angels must have gotten its wings during Little Garden then. Oh, yeah. A lot of angels are about to get their wings because they're going to Elbaf. Yep. Um, There is a very real possibility that Oda can achieve world peace with just one arc and a bunch of giants. And I don't know where that would place a person, like, in history. But me, personally, he'd be number one. The most, like, you know what I'm saying? The best person in all of humankind. Yeah, hard to make that argument. Second is the person that, that figured out the wheel. Or the people that hmm. did. What about the guy that discovered fire? Fire? Oh, it was just there. What are you talking about? Well, someone had to discover it. Someone had to what be about like, man, oh, What about well, man-made fire? Like the, huh? the person... The people that like first started to like utilize fire, I yeah, guess like, like use it fire. as a tool. Yeah, I mean, that's damn. Yeah, all right, that's number two. All right, <laughs> then the wheel, I guess. What about Jesus Christ? <laughs> they up there though. Yeah. They up there. So anyway, yeah, I mean, those are overall my, my overall thoughts of the chapter. Like, I did not ex. I don't know why I didn't see this coming. <laughs> that that you know, Kuma, the the robots would listen to Bonnie. You know. Yeah. It, no, it, I agree. It, it makes total sense. I should have been like, oh wow, that's uh, that's one of those twists that you're like so caught up in the moment you don't even think about. Yeah, you're like, oh yeah. Well, I could have guessed that if he didn't, if he didn't do the the shut, you know, the uh, self destruct sequence. What else did he do? (laughs) So he took liberties. Yeah. Uh, Brian, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, I was thinking whether I should give it RGC, but I don't think I can. Wow. Ah, fuck it, RGC. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, for the record, it's my RGC as well. Josh, was no. it yours? No. 
Alright, fine. It gets a regular really good chapter of the week. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Two of them. Oh, I got it. I... Oh, yeah. Hit. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. I mean, this was my second favorite, you know? It was yeah. close. It was close. It was close. Um, there's been a lot of discourse about this chapter. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, oh, a lot of people are not my fond. Up. A lot of people are not fond with the fact that Luffy is a jokester. Ah, we've been down this road already. <laughs> people are like, oh, my God, bro. Remember when Luffy used to take fights seriously, bro? Oh, my God. Gear 5 is so fucking lame. He never fucking took fights seriously. What are they talking about? Look, I'm not even going to entertain am this. Am I watching the same series? I'm not even going to entertain <laughs> this. It's We've been down this road when Gear 5 first, uh, first appeared. We're not going to deal with these people anymore. When I'm in Whole Cake Island, right? And I was... I watched a fight where Luffy said, I don't know how to fight in any way other than serious. And then immediately got giant and fucking fat off of eating biscuits like yeah <laughs> like really we're gonna say that this guy isn't a silly fighter i remember when in skypea he he turned off his common sense and started like just waving around on instinct but had to stop doing that because he realized oh i can't attack like this because <laughs> i'm not thinking about anything <laughs> When, yeah, he, people, yeah, when uh, he first showed off Gear 3 and he became small, he was just like, this is just what it is. <laughs> yeah. I hate that Hello. I have to be small. This is who I am now. <laughs> but, but now you know, for my actual thoughts on the chapter. Uh, I thought... I really, really fucking love that Dorian Bragi showed up at the end here. Just because, man, it just brings you all the way fucking back. Because the last time they saw these guys, they didn't even know that hockey existed. They didn't even... They they were literally just starting their journey. And now they're, like, towards the end of their journey, and they get to see these guys again. It's just such a, such a treat <laughs> to see how much they've grown from where they first met Dorian Bragi to now. But it also raises a, a, a few questions, right? Like, I did Dorian Broggy come here on their own? Like, just, just because they were like, oh, shit, yo, some shit's going down over there. Oh, it's my boy Luffy? Let's go. He read the, They read or, about it in the papers. They could have read it in the papers, or Shanks could have also said No, they mentioned too. it. <laughs> oh, they mentioned it? Yeah, they the said, uh, look at him going out at it, just like the paper said. Yeah, but he was with Shank. They were with Shanks before they came here, right? I'm not denying so, it, but they they probably read it in a newspaper. I anyway. just I just wonder if how much like are they a part of Shanks's fleet or are they like just hanging out with him because he's sick like that? You know, it's possible, but I think they're just hanging out with him because. But I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know either way. My my gut feeling is that 
they're not part of the fleet necessarily, mm-hmm. but they're like friends for sure. It was really sweet to to see them. And also, it is it said in the papers that Luffy's Nika? They said that he's on Egghead. I don't think. I think they did their best to not reveal that he has the Nika fruit. So that means the Giants must know more about Nika because they name dropped Nika in this in this chapter. Yeah, I mean the the Giants don't fuck with the world government, so it's very likely they know that they know. They're not a they they they're not yeah. allied with the world government. So so this just isn't. this just adds a lot more like specialty to what we're about to see on Elbaf because Elbaf is about to be an insanely important fucking arc. Like this is just the, this arc as good as it is, is just a precursor to what's about to happen on Elbaf. Like Elbaf is going to change this series in a way that like it will never be the same after it. I'm pretty sure because we're going to learn more about like the void century we're going to learn more about Nika. We're going to learn more about giants since they've been around for God centuries. Willing. No, not God willing. That's literally what they set up in this arc, right? Like, yeah, I mean, we're going all the research from Ohara is on Elbaf. I don't know if really? it's on. I don't know if the research from Ohara is on Elbaf because they, if Saul, if Saul is the man marked by flames, then all the research is on Elbaf. No, but it is, they destroyed the research. I remember because I just re, uh, like read Annie's lobby in that flashback. No, because oh, in oh, okay. remember the they recovered it, they saved it, they revealed that in this arc that they saved the they saved the research. Did they save the research? Yeah, they saved the research from from Ohara. Then they did it in the Vegapunk's flashback, mm. and the man marked by flames has it, or at least like. Saul has it. We don't know if he's the he man marked by flames, but he, he has no. He has O'Hara's um, O'Hara's research mm-hmm. before it got destroyed. Because they they showed in in Vegapunk's flashback that the giants came to help save it, re- recover the the research, or at least whatever they could. Yeah, whatever they could, but. Yeah, I'm sure they have plenty of information. There's just a lot. There. There's a lot that's going to happen on El, on on Elbaf, or at least a lot that's going to continue continue to be set up, because, and also Dorian Bragi being here also shows more like more of a way for them to get to Elbaf easier now, because they literally have two legendary giants to transport them over. It just seems like Were more these the and two more pirates from Little Garden. Yeah, from the start. Wow. So yeah, this is this is a like the fruits of their labor coming back and showing that how much how much impact they have over the world, right? Because they met these guys realistically like two years ago, and now they're seeing them again in the <laughs> in the most dangerous part of the of the world. It's just really, really awesome to see. Um, yeah, that is cool. And Luffy single-handedly solving every problem that the last chapter ended on was also really fucking awesome to see, too. 
Like, our boy is really a fucking emperor. That guy's really about it now. Yeah. Swinging on admirals. <laughs> You're right, by the way, Brian. Uh, all of O'Hara's books are on Elbeth. Mm-hmm. Wow. So Robin's going to get a lot of shine on Elbeth, too. Yeah, because she's never be... read it. They They didn't yeah. let her read it, so... It's going to be a Luffy, Robin, and uh, Usopp arc. They three separate straw hats that have a lot tied to Elbaf. It's it's just going to be such a fucking treat. And even though this is probably the best arc in One Piece so far, I feel like I'm I can't help but feel excited for Elbaf after seeing Dorian Bragi, You know. Yeah, I mean, you know how you know I know how how you feel. Well, those are all my thoughts. Yeah, this was my really good chapter of the week. Obviously, uh, I mean, Dorian Bragi aside, which I I didn't see coming. I didn't think it was them. I remember Nobody when coming. I remember when I saw like that ship was destroyed. I thought it was like the Blackbeard pirates still, mm-hmm. but no, it was them. <laughs> it was uh, it was the giant pirates, which was pretty cool. Um. So, you know, it was good to see them. I see them, like, crush a buster call pretty easy. I feel like, you know, the giants couldn't be eliminated by the military because, like, the buster call simply wouldn't work on them. They'll be like, oh, there's a bunch of ships. Let's just slap it away. Yeah. So that's a, that's a lot of fun to see. Just, like, the pacing of this chapter was so cool. I'm glad Luffy's back. I got so st- uh, hyped for that. Bonnie being the ultimate authority authority on the pacifistas is actually a pretty big deal if she joins the crew. <laughs> like she basically is the fucking commander of all the pacifistas. Although my guess is that if York survives, she'll change that after this arc is over. I don't think she can. She she knows everything Vega Punk knows. Yeah, but it's built into every she would have to get to every pacifista like not right now, you know? but you know, I feel like after this arc is over and everybody retreats, I don't think they would just let Bonnie continue to be the overall ruler of the pacifistas. I feel like they'd have to create some kind of a measure against that. But it's always good to see Kizaru get rocked by Luffy. Um, I don't think he's joining the crew. You don't know that yet. I think it's over for the guy. <laughs> he almost chopped he's his already, friends in half. He's clearly dragging his feet while fighting right now, for sure. Definitely. He doesn't want to do it. I'm sorry, Brian. I'm sorry, Brian, but I have to retire from the call. He shot up his friends. He shot up Frankie and Sanji. He almost Yo, got him sliced. It was Kabani and Kuma in half. I think it's a wrap for him. He might end up helping them. I think he will probably betray the government at some point. I just don't think he'll join Luffy. You'll see. Hmm. I suppose we will. I still have faith. I respect you a lot for that, Brian. Yeah. Um, The giant robot activating is very uh, interesting. I'm wondering to see how that how that happens. I don't know if there's going to be a new chapter this week because the app doesn't tell me. 
So my guess is oh, that it will probably be off next week. Yeah. If it don't tell you immediately that it'll be back next week, I'm assuming it's not going to be here next week, which <sighs> it's it's unfortunate because Oda is cooking right now. He's a busy man. Yeah. But, you know, this chapter was fucking extraordinary. Had a great time reading it. I was like, oh, my God, left to right. Vegapunk got stabbed through the heart. <laughs> he may actually die because New World, slightly more people have died in the New World than in regular One Piece. So. That's true. You know, when people die, when people get mortally wounded, there is a chance they might actually die. We'll have to see about that one. I thought it was sick, though. This whole chapter. I think before Vegapunk dies, he's going to... His his final project is going to come to light. And he's going to use the Vegapunk antenna to send a brainwave to everyone on the world about what's happening with the world government. Well, to be fair, that thing is his brain. So I don't know how yeah. much he... You know, I was wondering about that. It's like, what is his escape plan? Because that thing on top is his head still. Hmm. Like, what happens? I don't, what happens I don't think he's, leave? I don't think he's going to escape. I think that he, in his dying, his dying breath, he's going to tell the world about what's happening. Hmm. Like, he's going to basically... I don't know what he'll show, but he's going to... Everybody's going to see it, and then that's going to make the revolutionary, revolutionary army more prominent in the story hmm. if he dies do his satellites die mm, i don't think so because maybe his brain just stays functioning because it's it's functioning without him being connected to it now so why would it matter if he's alive or dead right well because it's his brain yeah but it's not attached to him anymore so it could just be functioning a functioning organ without him now. I guess so. Because if they didn't need him, if if they if they needed him for the brain, you know, they wouldn't have killed him. I think if they knew that he could sustain it could sustain without him, then <clears throat> well, Jake Garcia doesn't really care about him. He's like, I'll kill you. I don't care. Yeah, but the brain is still pretty good. We'll see, I guess. By the way, but, I think it's like Luffy's heartbeat also that's waking up this giant mo robot thing. Mm-hmm. So. Some people think that Brooke needs to needs to play a song to the heartbeat for the for the robot to wake up. Brooke? Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. Yeah. Well, in any case, those are all my thoughts on One Piece. Fantastic chapter. Uh, I hope it's not on break next week, but it probably is. Um, and I accept it. Oda, get your rest. We need you to continue this series. Uh, but with that being said, um, are we ready to move on to the next chapter? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Let's go. This is just some really... Ah, uh, murderous shit. Jujutsu Kaisen. 
This is Jujutsu Kaisen Chapter 249, Inhuman Maki Shinjuku Showdown Part 21. Uh, and we cut a little earlier into the series, into the into the story where Okotsu first cuts Kenjaku's head off. Uh, and Kenjaku is like, my will will be carried on. And his body still moves for a second. Um, but that's because all of the curses that were under his curse manipulation technique just started to break out and go on a rampage. Um, Rika seems to manage to kill a bunch of them, which pretty cool. Um, and in the meantime, Kenjaku in his last moments, um, adds a rule using Kogane to, you know, give Megumi Fushigoro the authority to activate the merger with Tengen. And, uh, Kogane does just that. So, you know, uh, Kenjaku is like, I need a backup plan. Sukuna has undergone the ritual succession. Now, if I use the culling game as the basis to write overriding the originator of the ritual for merging, and I guess Tengen breaks out again and he just flies over to where Sukuna is. Um, but at, at that moment, Okotsu manages to kill Kenjaku once and for all. He says, it wasn't a thousand years of worth of fun, but I'm glad I fooled around with that guy at the end. You guys are next. I'm sure it'll be amusing. And we cut to present day where we see uh, Rika, Okotsu, and Sukuna uh, about to go at it. Uh, Okotsu notices that Sukuna is now able to heal using reverse curse technique again. Um, and it's only a matter of time before he can use his domain. So, you know... Even worse, he defeated Higuruma because he didn't stay. But, you know, he thinks to him, he starts to like doubt himself. He's like, would it have been better to send Maki instead of me? And he's like, no, Rika's strength would have been indispensable for reducing human fatalities if the out of control curse spirit manipulation technique had caused damage. So, you know, he, he, he made the right move, but he's just now got to, you know, do what he's got to do against Sukuna. So he immediately attacks Sukuna. They, they go back and forth for a minute, fighting back and forth. And he's thinking to himself, he's like, I've been making excuses. I wanted to defeat Kenjaku with my own hands. I created the situation. So he uh, unlocks domain his domain expansion, which we finally see is authentic mutual love, which is this weird um, broken, uh, I guess, just demolished building type setting with a bunch of katanas around. And um, he and Sukuna immediately uh, cast Hollow Wicker Basket. Um, oh, by the way, real quick, mm -hmm. the little knots are a Japanese tradition for uh, weddings and uh, funerals. Oh, fun fact! Yeah, that's it. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Sukuna immediately activates Hollow Wicker Basket, which is a simple domain, I guess, that you can... I remember Reggie did this. It just kind of helps negate the, the can't-miss technique. Um, yeah, I wonder if Sukuna knew about this like, before just, he got into Megumi's body or after. What do you mean? Because, know like... About what? About Hollow Wicker Basket. Oh, because... I think he knew. Because Hollow Wicker Basket is a fairly common technique, apparently, in the old days. Ah, okay. Because Reggie was an ancient sorcerer, so he was a he used it as a means to do that. How come he never used it when he was fighting Gojo? 
Um, I don't know. Because he was also trying to unlock his own domain. Well, I think the only reason he's not he's doing it now is because he can't unlock his own domain yet. If he could do Malevolent Shrine, I'm sure he would. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's a good point too. Um. So yeah, uh, Suk, uh, not Sukuna. Okotsu just tries to slash at him. I don't know uh, with his technique, Thin Icebreaker. We still don't know the particulars of what Okotsu's domain is, but I guess we'll figure that thin, out at some point. After thin Icebreaker, Thin Icebreaker is um is one of the ancient sorcerer's techniques. The girl with that can pull shit, that can pull. Reality oh, the air girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't remember. That's that. her technique. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, maybe he could just like use a ton of people's techniques in this domain. So yeah, so the theory right now is that every sword resembles another curse technique. Oh, that's sick. That's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> oh goddamn! Oh, course it's so cool. Yeah, he's goaded, isn't he? Yeah, it seems that the sword disappears, so maybe he can only use these techniques once. Within, the, but this is a lot of techniques. Oh, this is so yeah. cool! <laughs> yeah, he's been around. Like you know, he's he's seen a lot of cursed users. He also went to where Africa with Miguel. Is that yeah. where he went? Yeah. So maybe he got some cursed techniques from there too. Yeah. Okay, Sukuna starts to like kind of figure out what their plan is. Um, he, uh, thanks. He's figures is like, okay, I know he can copy uh, techniques, and he's thinking he wants they want to keep half his arms and his mouth busy, but keep making him use hollow wicker basket as a means of countering the can't miss attack. Uh, so you know to so and to attack with the unlimited curse technique copy which appears to only activate within the domain and then he remembers when Itadori hit him with these new weirded weird modded arms of his and he thinks then the boy will deliver a blow that captures the soul and tear Megumi Fushigoro's body from my body he's like how nice everyone has a role we see Rika's there too so Rika is probably within the domain right now but that's where the chapter ends uh, fucking pretty sick chapter. Uh, Josh, what did you think about Jujutsu Kaisen chapter 249? This was my RGC. Ooh. Yeah, I, I cut it, was really close for certified me. RGC. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. I'm really happy we got to see. Okotsu's domain. However, there's still a few things I'm confused about. Okay. Uh-huh. So, he's using a hollow wicker, uh, wicker basket to nullify the automatic guaranteed hit. Correct. Of the uh-huh. domain. Yet, and still, Okotsu is hitting him with abilities within his domain. Granted, they're not, can't miss attacks. There's another form of attack. So it's just like in, in multiple layers. It's kind of interesting. Like, I, it, I guess it kind of makes me wonder, like, what, um, what is the automatic attack? Is it Rika just coming in to beat the shit out of you? I That's think, pretty terrifying. No, the, I think automatic the automatic attack is that 
Okotsu's, uh, whatever Okotsu uses will hit him no matter what. So the hollow wicker basket is basically a shield. So if he busts out hollow purple, that shit will hit him. Like 100%. Well, that's assuming Okotsu can use hollow purple. Yeah, but that was just an example. <clears throat> but the simple domain known as wicker ba- hollow wicker basket kind of softens the blow or, you know, would counter a can't miss attack by being basically a shield. How often can he use that though? Asuka could probably use it as much as he wants because it's it's not like that crazy of a technique because it's a variation of the simple domain. So what's the difference between Hollow Wicker Basket and what um, uh, what's his name Kusakabe does? Uh, I mean it's different uses, you know. Like the simple domain is is you know they they allow themselves to get an automatic hit you know, on their attack like when Miwa does it her sheath uh, it, it's bound to hit no matter what because she activated the simple domain that's the conditions of their simple domain hollow wicker basket is meant to directly counter when you're stuck in someone else's domain so new shadow style is offensive and hollow wicker basket is defensive yeah essentially okay that makes sense. Usukabe used simple domain defensively. Yeah, he does use it very defensively. I think Sukuna just uses the whisker basket because he's also ancient. Yeah. Yeah, no, the Hella Wicker basket is an old man's game in this. You know, we first saw it when Reggie did it, so. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Okay, so the new Shadow Style Simple Domain is... Wait, didn't Gojo use that too? Yeah, no, it's not like a... It's not a unique... Te- like, anybody can do a Simple Domain. Yeah, no, I was just trying to think... I was just trying to remember who's used that one specifically. Because that one also... This one weakens special, weakens uh, attacks. So, like, he used it to reduce the damage of Sukuna's slashes, right? But I'm just trying to see why, like, what specifically Hollow Wicker Basket does. Like, because does that mean that it automatically blocks damage for you, or... Does it just um, tank it? I, I, I think, yeah. That What it does is it... it the tech, Okay, I, I, it, I found it. Um, it blocks the guaranteed hit. Like if, I think... Oh, go ahead, Chris. The, ta- the technique is invoked by a hand sign where the user folds fingers between one another, extends their arm forward. As implicated by its name, Hollow Wicker, Hollow Wicker Basket takes the form of a spherical woven basket-like shield around the user. It neutralizes a domain's barrier imbued with a curse technique to nullify its guaranteed hit. Oh, However, so it's a it's a domain specific simple domain. Yeah. It's uh okay, however it cannot neutralize curse techniques themselves, making it ineffective. There you go. There you go. That's it. it. That's it. So it's just a shadow style going on. 
it's it's think of it as a, as a kind of a shield, you know, like a like a Smash Brothers shield. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. domain it's domain sent like specific. Someone even described uh, Sukuna's use of it in response to Yuko, Yuto Kotsu's authentic mutual love. Sukuna used uh, Hollow Worker Basket to neutralize the domain barrier and disable the sure hit effect. Due God, to the I abuse technique being Angel's uh, technique extinguishment, Sukuna is forced to maintain the anti-domain technique, thus occupying half of his hands and uh, half of his arms and mouths. Oh yeah, I guess I guess uh, he does have access to Jacob's ladder. Well, yeah, she's using he's using he's also using um, the angel's innate technique, which negates all other curse techniques. So Sukuna can't really use. I guess like he he can't use his domain probably within this. So, but he can only use the simple domain. Oh, yeah. All right, I see. Because he, I guess, Okotsu can imbue whichever curse technique he wants to like automatically hit him within the domain which would be you know the angels curse technique because that's the one that could actually like hit him i mm. guess and, like or whatever so he had to block that one i guess that's what he's using the wicker basket for right mm -hmm. and then that you know so okotsu has to get him in other ways he might i guess i i feel like he might still be able to use the uh, angel's uh, curse technique just manually, you know, like without it being uh, the specific attack of the barrier. But maybe because it's a one time thing, it's he just locked it in with that. I don't know. Yeah, I think we're going to find out. More I think about, about it, it as a shield anything. that kind of like dulled the attack. That's why he was he still took some damage, but because of the hollow wicker basket. It, it wasn't a f direct surefire hit. Yeah, that's so sick. Man, the the more you think about this series, the more in-depth it gets. That's like the kind of shit I miss from Hunter Hunter, you know? Yeah. So good. Um, you were, uh, what else was, what, did you have any other questions about this, Josh? Um... No, not really. I mean, I guess you guys can give you. I mean, we've already we've all given a lot of thoughts, but if you have any specific ones, Brian. Um, I just wonder, um, <clears throat> how much of a curse technique can uh can uh Utah use? Like, can they only can he only use specific ability like specific techniques or? can he like utilize the full extent of a curse technique obviously minus the domain expansions right but like how much of these abilities can he play around with yeah and i wonder we're probably going to get like an explanation from sakuna on how this domain expansion works to be honest mm -hmm. um next chapter but it's fun to think about like the specifics of how this thing works uh before kind of Sakuna spells it out for us. Um I don't know. You like this brought up a lot of questions and the domain expansion looks fucking sick. Um 
and Yuji and Rika being in there with you with Yuta is really is going to be a really tough task for Sakuna to overcome. I just wonder what he'll do to counter it, aside from like you know buying time until his domain expansion comes up. So we'll see. I don't have uh, much else to say aside from uh, being very excited about what's about to happen next chapter. Yeah, I'm just happy that we got to see Okotsu's domain before he he's probably destroyed. That <laughs> was the one thing I wanted to see is that you know how much has he grown in that in this regard. It was good to see that Kenjaku is for sure dead. At least that's what you think. Well, it looks he's dead. All right, I'm choosing to believe that. Wait, what if what if to get out of this situation, Sakuna activates the merger? Well, he is, but he's he he's like trying to kill everyone first. Yeah, but what like what I'm saying is, what if he does it early to get out of the situation? I don't think he would. I, he wants to like fight, you know. I think he wants to scrap. He said, first, I'm going to kill you, 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 and then everybody here, and then the calling game players, and then I'm going to do the merger. <laughs> yeah. Because he ha he definitely has to kill all the calling game players first before he even activates the merger. So either way, he has to beat Okotsu no matter what before even doing it. Um. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for Itadori's role in all this. We finally get like an inkling at what yeah. his arms are about. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because we saw it earlier that Sukuna felt a little something when he when he punched him, and we think it was because of Itadori's like raw strength, but it's actually because it seems that his arms have the capability to pull Shi uh Fushiguro out of there. Some people are saying that there's a chance that Yuji is like soul swapping with people during fights to get their techniques it's possible i mean we don't know yet <laughs> i think that would be sick if that's the case like he just has like a, a rolodex of people just coming in and out using their abilities yeah i just want to know what yo else. i think brian's on to something because sukuna has mentioned it a handful of times that everybody has advanced pretty quickly in first in reverse curse technique and uh, just overall durability. I think there's some type of like soul link too. I I think there's something going on, yo. I I don't know. Yeah, definitely. I I know they have I'm like stuff saying, under their sleeve. But that's an interesting ability to be able to knock the fucking soul Megumi soul out of his body. That's yeah, I like Doctor Strange. That. Yeah. You remember in Doctor Strange where she would just like yeah. soul push uh -huh. people? That would be sick. That would be. But yeah, I mean, super cool chapter. Obviously, my second place, to be honest. Um, I had a great time reading this as well. Um, just I'm uh when Oda cooks, he 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 cooks. So, you know. Uh but overall, very excited. I just noticed that like he just smacked the shit out of Rika here. <laughs> in uh in page 11 yeah <laughs> I didn't he even, did i didn't even well, peek out the first yeah she's kind of like hit her with his arm yeah 
but I, I just thought it was funny in the corner of my eye. I just saw that. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, get up off my face. Yeah, she got hit right in the face. Get off Ugh. me. <laughs> but she's good. Yeah. Yeah. She can't get sliced, bro. She can't. Please don't get sliced. Please don't get sliced. I just want something to be okay. I just want it to be okay. I just want them to be in one piece. Yeah. But yeah, those are all my thoughts, really. I had a great time reading this. Very excited uh, for the next chapter, which it's not on break next week. So that's exciting. All right, I got a quick question for y'all. What? Um, if, one, if any Jujutsu Kaisen character could and should be a one P uh, a straw hat team member, who would it be? Itadori probably. You got feeling. Yeah, it would probably oh. be Itadori. Really? Who do you think? Actually, Nobara. maybe Megumi. Nobara and Nami have too much crossover. Mm, I guess. Well, they'd uh they get along then. I think I think it would yeah, be Megumi to be honest. Like it has to be somebody who like Panda. Panda, absolutely. There you go. That's the winner there. Panda definitely. Oda couldn't resist. That's probably why he likes this series. He's waiting for Panda. He's like, oh come on, please. <laughs> Just do one more thing. <clears throat> Panda's already in the series. Man. Oh yeah, Panda is. Nah, well, no, what? no, he's not. Beppo. Beppo is a polar bear. Same bear. Not a not. The wow, same bear. bro. Wow. It, it, get your shit straight, Brian. Come on, polar bears it, Brian. are not pandas. That was egregious, bro. And <sighs> you've offended polar. You've you've offended. Bear fanatics everywhere. I yeah. hope you're ready to incur the wrath of their community. These, this is the the bear enthusiast. But I will be here compu- with you though. The bear enthusiast community is very strong, Brian. I don't know if you know this. Brian's whole world is blown right now. He's like, oh, <laughs> I shit, can't believe they it. Are yeah, too I'm, like, <laughs> I'm gonna change my name. I, I gotta get out of here. I gotta go. <laughs> I didn't go under feels bears. uncomfortable. Uh. <laughs> I didn't think about how many bears there were in the world. <laughs> how many different <laughs> types of bears? All right. Well, Brian's insensitivity towards bears, notwithstanding, um, are ready to My move bad. On. My bad, bear community. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's let's move onward. And give me a picnic in the car with me, so I can't chat. World Trigger. Whoo This is World Trigger Chapter 239. World Trigger Express. Yeah. The Away Mission Test Part 35. Um, okay. So this is a 40-page fa- chapter. And a lot of it is about them assembling um, Trion soldiers. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to get through this as fast as possible because this is a lot of information. Uh... I'll give you the highlights, though. We start with OG squad. They're all building their little mechs. We see OG. Uh, we see that um, Ikoma made a poop-shaped little rad. Um, 
for his try on soldier and yeah uh, that was so funny yeah but uh og made this cool like shoulder mount uh try on soldier that honestly is probably my favorite design uh for a try on soldier it seems so useful to have a little buddy on your shoulder and then they just shoot out beams yeah it's an auto target oh yeah that was so cool i was like whoa oh yeah hell yeah um meanwhile in karama squad uh we see yuba is struggling with making his we get the intricacies of um of making these things uh there's there's different points that could be attributed and a lot of people are struggling with how to um evenly distribute these points to make a well-balanced uh try on try on soldier um one of the members of uh of Kurama Kuruma squad makes just basically a flying radar um because you know they obviously don't all all have to be uh, offensively focused um we see that Taichi from uh Kakizaki squad made more uh mobile Tryon soldiers that are focused on getting you know civilians out of the way which I liked a lot I thought was really cool and really smart um, he also made a tryout a try on mount uh dog thing for snipers so they can ride away uh when they're found um which is pretty cool although the special battle sims only involve um you know more offensive uh try on soldiers but Taichi reveals that he didn't really make these with the with the battle sims in mind he was just making them generally um so, you know. Yeah, this feels like the first time in this arc where I feel like something can be applied outside of this yeah. simulation. Yeah. Applications, yeah. So, you know, good things are happening. Um, We cut over to Mizukami Squad, who is, you know, like just... Mizukami himself is making just kind of like balanced soldiers, not particularly creative. Mm-hmm. Um... His people ask him if there's any strategies that, that they need to adhere to today. And Mizukami's like, nah, you know, you, you guys could do what you want with these. You figure it out for yourselves. Um, so uh, I, I don't remember exactly what their strategy for, for this was, but, you know, don't be the team well, that... Well, the, yeah. No, if, if I may. Like, oh, yeah, please. I feel like the gist of, like... Uh, of this strategy meeting was that like he didn't uh mizukage didn't really know which route they should definitely go in and it didn't really help that you know his ideas pretty heavily differed from the rest you know from a couple other teammates design wise and strategy wise um because you know uh, mizukage wanted to use uh cheap gimmicky um, offensive uh, stuff and the other guys wanted to use like balanced uh, you know soldiers so he's I guess at the end of the day like they kind of decided that they're just gonna um, like not linger too much on what the opponent can do because they could literally do anything it's the first round and that's kind of a theme with a few of the other teams too like where a point is made that you know every team is kind of dealing with that the premise of oh we don't know what you know to prepare for specifically so we might as well take the initiative and 
try to overwhelm our opponents. Hmm. But that's what he did. Mizukage basically took a back seat uh, once the the other team members helped him get over the point that get over you know that apprehension with you know taking a step forward. So you know because he couldn't you know he I guess he used he used the example pretty well himself. Like he feels like he's playing chess where he has no idea what the opponent's pieces do. Mm-hmm. So he can't even like prepare like a, a defense or something. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's just you're better off being proactive instead of being reactive. In the first round. Yeah, and we see that the gotta uh, break that down in the next few pages. Yeah, we see that the A rank agents that are watching them are are seeing as much. Um, Wakamura squad is uh, talking about how one of them read over the rules and they say that they could force a draw if they wanted to. You know, they said that you earn equal points to the enemy's uh, unit's creation cost, and if the points gap in the end is less than two thousand, then the match is a draw. So the idea is that they would deploy five super cheap units, whose total total costs are under two thousand. That way, the opponent can never earn two thousand points no matter what, because even if they destroy all of the Trion soldiers, it wouldn't amount to two thousand points. Pretty so, cheesy strategy. Yeah, we get, we uh, Wakamura mentions that you could we could sit back and earn no points ourselves, but since the other squads can't possibly reach two thousand, then according to the rules, the fight ends in a draw. And um, yeah, Wakamura is like, whoa! By cheesing like that, we could get through these battle special battle sims without a yeah. single loss, technically. Um, yeah, because you still get points for drawing. You know, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, oh, uh, man, yeah. I think uh, her name is Moria. She mentions that, like the the draws are not worth as much. You know, you only get twenty points for a draw, while a win gets you a hundred. So forcing a draw in all ten. And the matches... other team gets the twenty. Hmm? Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, like, it's, there's also the point that the other team gets 20 points, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. You draw, so you're not gaining anything. You know, and then when teams do win, they're going to have a lot more points than you. She said there was a good, uh, what did she say? Basically, like, uh, forcing a draw in 10 matches would amount to 200 points, which is no better than two wins and eight losses. So she's like, we can do better than that. Mm-hmm. We can aim higher than just aiming for draws. Yeah. Um, but they also, I mean, another good point was brought up that, like, well, I, I guess I'm kind of skipping ahead, but regarding their strategy, like, um, a, another point was brought up that they could use that strategy to draw against, like, superior teams, you know, as a last resort or something like that. They feel like they're going to be, like, outmatched. Uh, that way they prevent the top teams from advancing. Uh, much more, many points, and for them, you know, not getting any at all. Yeah, so, I, um, thought was, I thought that was pretty wise. Yeah, Hughes mentions that, but Rokudera is uh, is against it because basically, everybody who has everybody in this team has squad mates in the upper echelon teams, so essentially, and they they help the and those teams help them out like earlier so they don't he doesn't want to go back on his word and um 
you know, betray those people. Um, and it's at that point we actually get to see Sukuhiko Amo, the other S-rank agent. Um, I don't think we've seen him in a long time. So apparently he's been watching these matches himself. Um, and he starts thinking to himself, he's like, ah, Rokuro is always, the, always with the cold feet, you know. He's like, Katsuri gave Wakamura's squad a helping hand because she didn't want to see them wind up in last place. But, you know, it'll be a big waste if they don't, like, use every advantage they got. You know, they'd be wasting the effort. Um, and he's like, how long does honor takes priority if we lose? How, how far does it go? What's the point of being honorable if you lose? He's like, well, that kind of thing just rubs me the wrong mm -hmm. way. Um, but Ashihara, not Ashihara, um, damn, Ash Arashiyama. Trying to remember all these characters' names. Um, he's basically not. Nah, I'm seeing Wakamura from a different angle now. He's like, I'm not saying that he's totally gotten past his like in inability to make decisions, but something about this call just feels different. It, I think he's like indicating the fact that this is the most decisive Rokudera has ever been. Um, you know, like it's not him running away from a decision. This is the decision. Um. He says that, like, we'll force draws as a last result, as a last resort, but we should be aiming to get some real wins under our belt. So they turn to Hughes, who, uh, who may have some interesting strategies. And uh, Hughes uh, explains that flying units might be good for offense. Um, so, you know, that might be the main strat, you know. As every yeah. squad member is going to bring some range fight, uh, uh, run, some range soldiers to fight flying units. So our odds are winning a slim if we we're just hoping they forget to account for that. Um, and basically, I guess they're saying that if these flying guys are doing the fighting, then the limited budget means they'll be weak on defense. The flying uh, agents can f like float around and distract people, leaving them. Uh, leaving the people who are shooting at them as sitting ducks, I guess. Mm. And yeah, he's like, you indeed have, you have indeed described the matchup between the different Tryon soldiers. However, given my Tryon resources, my flying units can both, can boast both firepower and durability. So, you know. Yeah, I'm like that. Yeah. Uh I'm I'm making these nice ass fucking flying ones. So, you know, it would take no less than a full squadron of snipers to take one down. Um So, you know. Sources trust me, bro. Hop in the PJ. <laughs> yeah, trust me, bro. Trust me, bro. Jump in my my private jet, try on soldier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This guy's going to have a but, um, job with I mean, Boeing in like a year. Cool. Yeah, uh, Rokudera is basically like, oh, wouldn't it be better if we do oh, that tomorrow? Wow. You're crazy for that, Brian. What? I, I, he's crazy for that Boeing comment. <laughs> oh, I didn't even hear it. <laughs> he said your man's going to be crashing, crashing planes. Yikes. No, Yikes. I said he's going to have a job at Boeing. What? <laughs> Yeah, and they've been having accidents on their planes. <laughs> what? The wow. Fuck? What? Oh, you, you ain't know that? Took oh, it there. I, I read it. Oh. 
I said he's gonna have a job at Boeing and you went straight to fucking plane crashes. Well, they've been not, they haven't been crashing planes, but they've been having tech, like a lot of uh, like hardware difficulties on the plane. Yeah, that's why they gotta hire this know. guy. Yeah, they gotta hire Hughes to give more armor. To Mechanical the issues. More armor to the planes. It'll take a squadron of snipers yeah, to take down these planes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Hughes mentions that, hey, should we should we just like do this one tomorrow and let the sniper do this whole flying counter sniper counter thing tomorrow? You know, they, if we do it today, then the other people will be able to counter us tomorrow. And Hughes is like, let them. Assuming the other squads do come prepared with more snipers tomorrow. We can account with that for that with our own counter strategy. So, you know, I'm going to counter with our counter and we're going to counter all over. We're going to counter all over these people. So, you know, they're going to do that. And um, Miwa squad is discussing, uh, I guess, Miwa and Yoneya are like kind of discussing who's going to probably be up top. Uh, A lot of people think Utagawa... Uh, Kitazoe, Mizukami, and Wakamura squads are probably gonna are probably gonna do pretty well in this uh, in this on, on this day. But Miwa thinks that the victor today is likely to be Sua Squad number seven, and we see our boy Osamu getting ready to do his thing, do his strat thing. No one, the strat king, no one's gonna outstrat the strat king over here. Osamu, the, strat, the rat strat king, the rat strat king. <laughs> Uh, but that is the end of World Trigger Chapter 239. Big, beefy chapter. But, uh, Josh, what did you think about this chapter? Um, I really, really enjoyed this chapter of World Trigger. Um, I would have loved to give it the RGC, but I keep it real on this podcast for the most part. And, um, as, well, at least when it comes to the really good chapter of the week. But anyway, um, so... I just wanted to make a comment on something. So kind of separate from this chapter, I feel like uh, Ashihara, that's the author, right? Yes. Um, We've always said like, oh, like their, their character building is, you know, top notch and how much care and focus he puts on so many different characters, etc. But like, I really... Alright, something I've noticed about like the Tamakoma members, right? They are all like very empathetic in general. They're they're very like patient and understanding um of people. And like we got another example of it in this chapter with uh what's his name again? It is on page thirty. Um Arashiyama. Uh, oh I, I, hold on, hold on. Oh yeah, um damn. Rashiyama, I want to say. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Rashiyama. All right, thanks. Um. Anyway, he, you know, he was the one, you know, to speak on behalf of Wakamura, saying that he noticed how he's not, you know, like he's not, you know doing i guess like taking the easy way out with this like with his decision making process uh here in this moment anyway 
And, you know, I, I, I think that's important because the other person uh, that was making those comments uh, with the eyes, uh, Sugihiko, you know, he's a, he's a high-ranking member. A lot of people uh, respect him, and his opinion holds weight. And, you know, he's, he's you know, entitled to have his perspective or whatever. But um, it's, it's just, I just noticed that about all the Tomacoma members, and I feel like that's not, you know, by accident. I think it's the fact that, you know, they're so, it's the fact that they're, they've had like the most contact with neighbors in general. Um, and they've had like, you know, members deal with extraneous circumstances. And so it's made them, I feel like, uh, uh, more empathetic people in general. And you can, you see the differences between characters, like uh, in the series, like who, and not that people, it is not even that people are like evil or nothing like that. They're just not as thoughtful or caring in in general or like patient, uh, like with the people around them, like you know to have that level of understanding. I, I don't expect that out of every single person anyway. Um, but I think that's just very nice, subtle, uh, character building. Um, she, I think, um, I think as far as the, the last Wakamura's like team strategy where he was saying, uh, mentioning like to build those like flying crafts or whatever, it makes, it makes so much sense because like when I, when I first started like reading like the chapter and thinking like i started thinking about my own like oh how would i go about making like designs and like what purposes would they have and i think just as Hughes said i probably would have tried to go in a more uh all-around fashion like a more balanced fashion uh just because like i want to feel like i could prepare for anything and he was able to just you know, because of his, I guess, experience, he understood that, look, we have a goal to achieve, which is to win and destroy everybody else. You know, we can, like, I have the, like, this this power advantage that we can take advantage of them and guarantee us a win. You know, and we can start with that. And then that's what he meant by, like, you know, like, discussing the council. Like, you know, of course, okay, after we dominate people with this strategy, people are going to start to, you know, develop, like they're gonna bring more snipers, and then that's when we're gonna mix it up and be more balanced and take advantage of the slower snipers, etc. So, it's I love this. It it, it really is like chess, uh, just with Trion soldiers and stuff. Um, Osamu, yo, when when that kid, uh, what's his name in, in early in the chapter, uh, mm. with the hat. The sniper oh, kid. Uh, tai Chi. He's the one that made those designs. Tai Chi. Yeah. Oh, you know, you know what? Yeah, not Tai Chi. It was. I'm sorry. It wasn't him. It was a. It was the kid that made the uh, design that went on your shoulder. Oh, like OG. The laser mount. OG. Okay. Like that made me think. Like, all right, if Osamu gets really nice with producing these like trans soldiers, maybe that can be like his his thing you know what i'm saying like his uh his calling card like he'll have specific like uh like trying on attachments they'll be hyper specific for certain scenarios that would be really fucking cool that would be rad yeah 
Yeah. So, all right. Those are those are pretty much all my thoughts. Um, Brian, what did you think? Um, I like this chapter a lot more than most of the shit that happened in the past. For, for this past arc, just because I feel like I finally have something that I can bite on, you know, like something that I actually will probably end up caring about later on in the series. Right. Because now if like, I feel like if they just sprinkled in a little bit of real life application, this arc would be so much better. <clears throat> but a lot of it so far has not been applicable, like probably applicable to how the series is going to be when they're on the away mission. Like here, I feel like them adding that little tidbit where it's like, oh, I just felt like making it to see how useful it would be more than just like, you know, how it would be in a in the battle simulation. I'm like, oh, shit. Maybe that's maybe that's something that's going to come up later in the series. Right. But so far, it's just been a lot of hoopla, like a lot of nothing. Hoopla. Um, so it's nice to finally get something that I feel like I can care about with this battle simulation. Um, also, my boy Asamu getting some flowers at the end of the of the chapter. You know, them like they're like, oh shit, yo, this motherfucker is smart, so they're probably gonna win. That's and I hope forget. it ends up like that. Let's not forget, Osamu's a nerd. <laughs> He'll make. I, mean, I like we forgot. It's been a while since Osamu has been like top dog you know it's been a, it's been a bit so it's it's nice to finally see him kind of i hope he ramps back up to to where he belongs in this arc you know because i felt like this is something that's right up his alley and he hasn't really been utilized as much as uh he should have but that's probably partially because he's not the guy in charge right and he's trying to be more like um more helpful rather than be the guy who has the reins. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. He's just not the captain in this situation. Yeah. I'm sure if Osamu was the captain in this scenario, they would be like fragging out. <laughs> but Sua has been doing a really great job. So I can't really complain. Uh, all right. Well, I guess I'll get into my thoughts. I thought this was a really good chapter as well. Um, I, I, as much as I do enjoy World Trigger's uh, tendency to just get super in depth and deep about like um, process stuff or you know world building things like you know the mechanics of the world, I have been a little on and off um, with this arc in that sense. Like, the, I'm here for the character stuff for sure because I think. That stuff has been super interesting, but sometimes, like the technical aspects of it, have can be kind of overwhelming, especially since like the battle sims don't really, aren't really conducive to like interesting comic book format, you know, because it's a turn-based system game, so it's kind of hard to follow in that sense, or you know, like not as interesting to follow. But this was a really fun one because, like Brian said, I think these are gonna probably come back later i feel like the the border is gonna uh pick the better designs and try and implement them in their own way try on and uh, they're gonna uh, try on and implement uh -huh. 
try on <laughs> implement them in their own special ways. So that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was that was a fun read, and it's always good to see how every character solves these like special problems. The battle sims are one thing, but every time they throw them like these special assignments and curveballs, there's always an invitation for unique character moments and development and all that stuff. Um, I'm excited to see what Osamu came up with. Um, knowing him, it's probably going to be really like simple Tryon soldiers and it's going to be more things that they do as players that, you know, like he's going to keep in mind that these things are supposed to be support and not really the main show. So I'm very excited to see how this goes. You know, I'm Same. hoping that world trigger is not going to be off next month because uh, it's had a tendency to be bi-monthly basically. But yeah, I'm excited. I really like Tai Chi's design. I thought that was super cool and smart, even though it technically doesn't like fit for the battle Sims, but he mitigated that with like the, the traveling dog thing that snipers can run away with. Yeah, that was sick. Mm -hmm. And I love that shoulder mount. I thought that was like such a cool idea. Um, but yeah, those are my thoughts on world trigger. Um, fun chapter overall. Very excited for next month. As usual, you know I love World Trigger. Um, but without further ado, are we ready to move onward? Yes, sir. Yep. All right. Let's get started. Oh, oh shit! Undead Unluck. And with that, I'm going to toss this over to Josh. Yeah, Undead Unluck. Chapter number 193, um, Unstoppable versus Unlocked. Um, last week, we ran into Top, the uh, unstoppable negator. Uh, he, he negates stopping. He was a fan favorite, a New Jump City favorite as well from the past. Brian, uh, the only Luke. character Brian cares about. <laughs> oh, sure, I got to read this chapter. That's a fact. Yeah, it's the previous chapter right before this. But um, basically, they ran into him. Uh, he's he's a hoodlum. He runs around. He steals from people. Uh, he runs around. It's be yeah, and he, and he steals, and he's mad because they kicked his mother out because she's really sick, and it's fucked up. So, you know, life is terrible. But um, apparently, Har uh, Haruka which is uh, Unbreakable, uh, also from the previous loop, um, was there like to stop him in his childhood so that nobody got hurt, uh, which we see reenacted in this chapter. Um, base, you know, and I guess ever since then, she's just played a role in staying around in Top's life for the next few years. Uh, so we cut back to... The fight going on between Top and Fuko, labeled Unluck versus Unstoppable. Uh, your boy Top pulls up with a dropkick from hell, uh, hits Fuko uh, right in her guard. And uh, Top is like, wow, you're the second person that ever took uh, my kicks, like uh, Haruka. But uh, she's a cornball, so fuck that. 
Like, why don't you join up with me? You know, we could both use our abilities and keep robbing people and doing other, like, corny crook shit. You know what I'm saying? And uh, Fuko is like, top. I'll shoot you in your motherfucking head with this bad bullet. <laughs> That's not what she said. But that would have been pretty cool. Um, but she tells him, listen, your abilities aren't meant for pulling stunts like that. Uh, there's a better way. Jesus Christ. So um, he's like, oh, you sound like Haruka and uh, the pastor. And uh, he tries to uh, counter her with like a unstoppable somersault kick. And she thinks about like, damn, like in this loop, Top has a really good grasp of his abilities. But, you know, we also realize that he's a bit older or at least definitely looks older in this loop uh, compared to the previous. So it makes sense that he be a bit more advanced. Um, but right as uh, Foucault's thinking about that, she realizes her unluck is starting to activate and a bunch of trees in the forest they're fighting and uh, start to fall down exactly where Top is going because he's running so fast. It's like damn near comical how the trees are just following him. It's almost like she's tree bending. Plant bending. So, um, but she's not, yeah, it's just, it's just the unlock. So she pulls up and, uh, puts top in the headlock. He's like, God damn, she's fucking strong. But she starts to explain how, um, you know, my unlock works on people I have affection for. Um, and it makes bad, it's like, I negate your luck. Uh, so, uh, top is trying to like, Crash around voraciously uh, in order to get Fuko off, and um, he's like, "Damn, like, like, why do you have that dangerous ability inside of you?" And he's like, "Oh, you went through a disaster when you unlocked your power, right?" As he gets her off, and he makes a comment and says, uh, "The abilities we have um, are to seek revenge against, like, you know, the world that made us this way." And then he starts making it super personal, talking about how his personal goals like track and field and, um, you know, other ventures he wanted to do was ruined by his unluckability. And, you know, his mom is also persecuted because of her illness. It's tough shit, man. I, I understand. Um, and he just says no one ever tried to help. And uh, he tried to abide by the rules, and uh, you know it got me a big lump of shit. So, you know everyone's the same. And he's like, well, when people are in danger, all they think about is themselves. And Fugo's like, all right, all right, all right. Is that really how you feel? Um, there was one person, right? There was one person that protected you. And I, like they showed his sneakers, and he had some unbreakable kicks on, and that makes a lot of sense because. The way he was fucking running around, ain't no Jordan surviving in that. Definitely <laughs> no, not, definitely not the way they make them now. Them, 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 your trainers would have been cooked hours ago. I'm not gonna lie, like you can't run fast like that in, not, in nothing conventional. Maybe some steel toe boots, but geez, you can't run around in no Under Armors. Nah, I'm just getting toe up. Yo, I'm a, all right. Imagine having to run um, a mile in steel toes. That's rough. That should be like a I dare. I could do it. 
you lose. Oh, yeah. I can do it. You won't be able to walk the next day. You're right. I'll be running. <laughs> he got you there. I was going to say, when you recover, you're, you're going to be able to jump over trees and shit like Samurai Jack. Yeah, you're going to have, have to like a post-time skip-esque power-up. Yeah. You're going to be able to that. Like, you're going to try to run to catch the bus. You're going to run past that shit and be like, oh. <laughs> I guess I'm too faint. Like, the One Punch Man version of Rodeg. Yeah. Yeah, one run. Yeah, man. basically. Yeah, one run, man. Yeah. Oh, one step, man. You, you could that. run as run across the entire world in one step. That's insane. That's some shit and that would happen in a Flash comic. That's exactly what I was thinking. That's some Barry Allen shit. So, um, anyway. So Fuko is trying to convince him that there was someone there that helped him, and then she says to him, uh, "Bad bullet tape." And he's like, "Oh." Um, he realizes there was something in the tape on his face, which was uh, one of those one month uh, bad luck, and it caused a landslide. That's while well, Fuko floats on her Nimbus cloud. Pretty crazy, yo. Fuko is violating. Uh, so he's trying to run away, and then he realizes, oh, shit, my mom's house is down there. It's about to get wrecked. Fugo gets nervous, and I get really fucking nervous, too. I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> not a second tragedy. <laughs> uh, but, uh, everything is okay. Because, <laughs> um, because uh, Haruka pulls up and says that she wrapped the house. I mean, he sees his mom and his little brother uh safe i think right i think that's who those two people are yeah um and and like she's like yeah you know i wrapped the house around in my unbreakable armor so it's don't even worry about this landslide right and then out of nowhere we see like a little like kind of time space warp and uh as soon as haruka looks back to see what it was uh this creature lets out like a huge fucking like scream which i didn't realize what it was at first until i read it a second time but he's like it's like a huge yell that's so loud and and so forceful that it dissipates the entire landslide like it blows it back and calms it down <laughs> so he met it with equal or greater force that's buck wild with just his his yell um, and the crazy thing is, Haruka was covering Top's ears, but her ears was destroyed. Like, they're, like, bleeding, like, down, like, her face and neck. And we see the person who was responsible for that was uh, Beast. Uh, one of the uh, forbidden, unforgivable, top-tier rules from God. That guy, Yet. man. That God guy? Yeah, so uh, he says, man, the moment I uh, descend upon the earth, I see nature being destroyed before my eyes. Must be nice to be so privileged. What the fuck does that mean? Anyway, um, he says, I owe that partner of yours. I'll hunt you and take your head as a souvenir. Unlock 
As Fuku already has the pistol out, she knows what time it is. Yeah. She remembers her ops. She got the bullets for him. Hopefully the whole squad pull up. I hope he doesn't scream again. That was uh That was a lot. But anyway, that's the end of the chapter. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts? Uh yeah, I also like this chapter quite a bit. Uh, every chapter was pretty much has been flying on all cylinders. Every series has been pretty good for the last few weeks. Um and I really enjoyed the the stakes being right <laughs> rose with uh with Beast pulling up. Um I didn't think, I guess I didn't think we'd get them so immediately, but here we are. I don't remember what rank Beast was, but I remember them saying that like the two who were managed to escape the sun um are weaker on the weaker end of the spectrum. So I guess this is a good first villain to take down. Um I'm excited to see Top uh kick the shit out of this guy. Because I feel like that's got to happen at some point. He's going to give him the drop kick from hell. Yeah. And he has to kick things to, to stop. stop his acceleration anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I thought that was cool. I'm very excited for um, what's going on here. I This new Tops backstory is very interesting. It's almost like he's a very different person. Yeah. Edge. Yeah. Very edge. Edge top. Um, but yeah, those are really all my thoughts on Undead Unluck. I thought it was a, a pretty solid chapter. I'm very excited to see how this resolves next chapter. Josh, what did you think? East is yawning. He pulled up, roared, devastated one of our fa- one of our characters, right, and then just yawns. This is all right. Yes, I'm gonna start getting ready to fight. You know what that means, guys? He's the strongest person in this entire series. Yeah. All these characters, he's not he's not worried about Fugo. He's not worried about Well, he's worried about Undead. He knows what time it is with Andy. And he's the big boy on the block. He handles big business, alright? <laughs> uh not beast. Yeah, I agree. Um, like I like how Fuko dominated the fight against Top. Like super speed, she can do it. Super speed. Yeah, she was like it was it was pretty one sided. So like, what does she do? <laughs> what does Fuko do? Like, is she just like really lucky or unlucky? unlucky. Uh, Fuko f- spreads sh- bad luck to the people. To people she touches, and the stronger her affection for the person she touches, the stronger the amount of uh, bad luck that hits them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that's why Andy gets rolled. Uh, Andy gets like meteors and uh, like apocalyptic things that happen to him if Fuko touches him. Is that why he's on the sun? He's on the sun to keep the master rules, the final villa group of the series, I imagine. Uh, he keeps them at bay by using his soul to keep them trapped in the sun. So they're all stuck on the sun because of him? Pretty much, yeah. 
Only two How? managed to escape him, but it's only basically because he let him. Wait, why? Why are they stuck on the sun? Uh, they're they're they are let out at God's discretion. Initially, God wanted to let them all out, but Andy pulled up to the sun inside the sun, fought all of them, one like one on like one on ten or one on twelve, however many there are, and only allowed two to escape because the minimum that uh were permitted to escape was two. So Andy just let two escape and solo doloed the rest, basically. Yeah. That one chapter is pretty good. Uh, you should you should check it out, Brian. It was like two chapters before this. I honestly might just start watching the anime, to be honest. Yeah. Because I heard the anime is like sleeper good. I'm, I mean, Undead Unluck is a very good series. I'll, I'll support the anime. I'll watch the anime. Fair enough. But um, yeah, Josh, were those all your thoughts? Yep. All right. Well, that was Undead Unluck, chapter uh, 183. Great chapter overall. Excited for next week. Uh, that has been Undead Unluck. Excuse me. And that has been our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. As per usual, you can find me at the Chris Espinall on Twitter and Instagram. Josh at JD Cole underscore 37 on Instagram. At New Gem City Josh on Twitter. Brian is at B.ESP on Twitter and Instagram. Check him out on twitch.tv slash it's punchline to watch him stream video games. Uh, you can follow the show itself at New Gem City on Twitter and Instagram. Email us at New Gem City at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions anything you guys want us to talk about and we will address them on our pre-show chat show that we do every week tons of fun i hope you guys are enjoying that as well uh subscribe to us on youtube itunes spotify google podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts we are on there so do the thing uh and yeah thank you guys so much for listening we will see you guys next week stay safe new jump citizens peace out yeah